Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of I Am Here, celebrating International Podcast Month. I'm Ryan Bolter, and I'm from the show Character Creation Cast. I hope you enjoy this special audio drama minisode. This is something that stemmed from a Twitter conversation that I had with Tess during Pride Month this year, and quickly became a prototype for a much larger project. If you enjoy this minisode, be on the lookout for Side Heroes, a podcast that will involve the characters you'll hear in this episode in its first season. We'll be exploring Mishra and Amy's relationship from the beginning, leading up to the events in this episode at least. Each season, we will follow a different main character and their relationships with their very own superhero friend, family, or loved one. Follow the progress on Twitter at SideHeroesPod. And just a fair trigger warning, there is a recount of a supernatural attack against women in this episode. It is very brief, and it is being talked about well after the fact. But having said all of that, please enjoy this minisode titled After Mishra. that it was a normal day. Like any other day, really. Perhaps a bit cold, but nothing out of the ordinary. I came home that evening and something felt a bit... off before I even opened that door to my apartment. But I shook it off, thinking that it was probably just my imagination. I let out a trembled sigh as I look over to Denise my therapist. It has taken us a long time to get to this point, but I finally feel ready to talk about what happened that night. Take your time, she says, while intently waiting with her pencil at the ready. Her eyes are filled with concern. We don't have to. No, no, I... I'm ready. I shake my head and brush a few strands of my black hair out of my eye and place it back over my ear. Denise nods. When I opened the door, the first thing I saw was that the white couch in my living room was overturned. I crack a little smile, remembering all of the black fur I had to clean off that couch almost daily because of Mishra's shedding. Mishra. A tear forms at the corner of my eye, and I continue on as I wipe it away quickly. There were things from the breakfast counter all over the ground. Plants knocked over. I saw that my bedroom door was torn open, sitting on one hinge. I didn't understand why my door was ripped open like that, since my first thought was, okay, someone is after Mishra. I knew I needed to get to safety, and fast. I reach out to the table in front of me and grab the glass of water. My hands tremble as I take a sip. A little bit of the water spills onto my white dress, but not much. I brush it off and set the glass back down. We were living on the 14th floor, so whoever broke in was probably either still in the apartment or long gone by that point. That's when I saw the curtains on the window blowing around. I pause, 
knowing I'm not being clear enough. When Mishra would leave, you know, to save the city or the world or whatever it is she did with her team, she would use that window. We modified it so that it could swing open from inside or out. Mishra would just slip out with her anti-gravity suit on and fly away. As I am saying this, my heart starts beating faster, and I catch myself biting my lip while I think back on the many times I've told her good luck or come back safe watching her leave. I take a few more deep breaths and continue on. But the window was open. Mishra never left the window open, so I knew it must have been someone else that used it to get in. I calmed my breathing the best I could, and I just listened for a moment. But silence was all I could hear. That is when I thought that maybe there was a struggle. Maybe whoever did this was gone, and what if Mishra was hurt? I had to go in and check things out, at the very least. Denise is busy writing in her notebook, but she notices my hesitation. Amy, you're doing great. I smile a half-hearted smile, knowing that this is only the easiest part of my experience. I wrapped my fingers around my keys like Mishra taught me for self-defense, and went down the hallway toward the bedroom as quietly as I could. I, I looked inside, and there was nobody there. Just some opened drawers, clothes strewn about. My nightstand was toppled over, too. As well as the statuette that Mishra got me for my birthday a couple years ago, lying broken on the floor. I know that this is a detail Denise doesn't need to know. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I can see Mishra standing in the middle of the living room, a couple of balloons in one hand and a small present in the other. She knew I was having a rough day at work on my birthday and threw something together, just for me. I unwrap the present while Mishra stands there in anticipation with that that wonderful smile on her face. I look inside the box, and there's a statue of a black cat with a long neck and a smile on its face. Misha tells me that the statue is to remind me of her when she goes out at night, since this was right around the time she started being a... a superhero. Now that I'm looking back upon that day... I'm remembering that when I hugged her in thanks for being a bright point to the day, her breath caught, even then, just for a moment, in a slight purr. I think I was too distracted at the time to notice. How could I not notice? How could I not notice how she felt about me? What was that, Amy? Denise looks up at me again from her notebook. I didn't realize that I had whispered that last portion to myself. 
I clear my throat and take another drink of water, calming my hand more as to not spill again. I said, I said, how could I not notice? Because I was busy studying the room, when suddenly there was a breath on my back. I clenched my keys and turned to strike whoever it was, only to find my wrist was caught by a large red hand. I then felt pain when the... I can only think of it as a demon, when it grabbed me by the throat and, and pulled me out of the room to slam me against the wall opposite my doorway. I begin trembling. My right hand is tucked under my left arm, and I'm feeling my neck where I had felt that creature's claws clasped around it. I... I could barely breathe. It was inches from my face with its yellow eyes, horned head, sharp teeth. And then it hissed at me while I struggled, until I realized it was pointless. Tears start streaming down my emotionless face. Amy, you don't need to go into this level of detail if you don't want to. Denise says, as she reaches over to hand me a tissue. I take the tissue, but forget to use it. It's... It's okay. Really, it's okay. I take a breath in and try to blink away my tears. In that moment, I thought I was going to die. I thought I would... I thought... I would never see Mishra again. But that is when he showed up. My anger at thinking about the man who killed my best friend is obvious. He was unassuming, aside from the robes that he wore. He walked up to me and said that if I didn't struggle, I wouldn't be hurt. He he told me that he didn't need me whole. And that's when the creature pulled on my arm hard. That's when I stopped struggling, which released the tension on my shoulder. I massage my right shoulder and look up to Denise. Honestly, I don't remember what happened directly next. This man, he brought his hand up in front of my face, chanted a couple words, and as soon as he pressed against my forehead, I fell asleep. I don't know how long I was asleep for, but when I woke up, it was dark out. Very dark. I wasn't at my apartment anymore either. I was outside. Tied up on some sort of altar, I think. And we were on the roof of some sort of building. I could only look around and even then just barely. That's, that's when I saw. The lump in my throat is suddenly very prominent. That is when I saw Mishra floating in the air near the side of the building. Her arms stretched out, and her body completely limp. 
happened. The blood. My fists clench as my heart aches. I could only I could only see her from the back. And I was shocked. For her to be beaten. I pick my head up and glare at Denise. You don't understand. She was one of the best fighters I have ever seen. Something must have happened to break her concentration because she was a one-person army. She was... She was so strong. My heart breaks again as I quietly sob in front of Denise. I am unable to hold the tears back, but my anger keeps me going. He was so smug, talking to Mishra's team, her friends, her companions. Your friend was snooping around where she didn't belong, trying to save her friend. I have killed the great Mishra. Do you think you stand a chance against me? Then he just tossed her to the side like trash. I remember screaming her name through the gag in my mouth. I couldn't take my eyes off her lifeless body. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, what I had heard him say. A couple minutes of silence pass in the office. Only the sound of the grandfather clock in the corner of the room can be heard. I finally use the tissue to dry my tears, and then look up at Denise. She is wiping a tear from the corner of her eye underneath her glasses. She died trying to save me. How? How am I supposed to live with that? Denise sets her notebook down and looks at me. You have to live one day at a time, Amy. You've come a long way since we first met, and you've taken some brave steps to recover. You've moved to a new city, you have a solid career here, and you have a strength inside you that you can draw from to make it She through. was my strength. My interruption is more filled with anger than I intended. She was my strength. She gave me purpose. She was my best friend. And she held my heart. And still does. I, I, need, I, I need to stop for today. I look at Denise, my eyes pleading. Denise stands up from her chair across from me and extends her hand to help me up. I take it and stand. She holds it for a moment longer. My phone is always on for you, Amy, okay? I nod. Of course. Of course. N no, don't, don't worry about me. I place my other hand on hers and force a smile. Thank you, Denise. As always. I then let go and move to collect my purse. My hand 
trembles slightly as I place the strap over my shoulder and work my way to her door. She works out of an office across town from my apartment, so I begin walking to the train stop nearby, my heels clicking with each step. find a spot by myself on a mostly empty car and pull out my phone. No new voicemails and no new text messages. I turn my phone's volume up in case I do get a call from work and then I pause before putting the phone back in my purse. I look at the voicemail app on my phone for a long while as the sound of the train clicks and clacks to the next stop. I tap the voicemail icon, and then the saved folder, three messages saved. I tap message one and put the phone to my ear. Message one. Hi, Amy. It's me, Shira. Hey, I think we need more shampoo again. I am... I used the last of it just now cleaning who knows what out of my fur, but I am clean, so that's the good part. No goop on the couch, as you say. Anyway, I will be home tonight, so maybe we can... How do you say this? uh, Catch a movie. Talk soon. I take a deep breath as I listen. My heart aching again as I take in Mishra's voice, her accent indistinguishable from any other I have heard. Message 2 Hi, Amy. I saw another cat today. It was so funny because it kind of reminded me of you. It had the cutest face, and the way it scrunched its nose at me when I sniffed at it reminded me of the way your nose scrunches when you are annoyed, but also amused. Isn't that funny? I prepare myself for message three. Message three. Amy, where are you? I just got home, the place is a mess and you are not here, and there's a spot of blood on the wall. I, I'm, I'm worried. I can't lose you, Amy, I can't. We were so careful, no one should have known. I will find you, and I will save you, whatever it takes. I, I think it may be dangerous. If it's dealing with what we've been trying to figure out, but if I... I... I love you, Amy. And I'm going to save you. End of saved messages. Approaching 8th Street. Stop. Approaching 8th Street. Stop. Have a pleasant day. (sighs) 
I sigh as the announcement seemed to mock my mood. I put the phone away and wipe another tear away before heading out of the car once the doors open. I walk down the stairs and get onto the sidewalk. There are birds chirping nearby in a tree. I look up at them and smile a little bit, remembering how Mishra used to chase birds at times on the nature trails we hiked on occasionally. I see my apartment building up ahead and start feeling for my keys in my purse. I find them and make my way up the staircase to the front door. A slight gust of wind flutters my skirt in it and tussles my hair a bit. You've been crying, Amy. That indistinguishable voice from above me stops me dead in my tracks. It, it can't be. But I can't help but look. Time seems to slow down as I feel like it's been an eternity since my last breath. Then I see her, plain as day. The soft black fur, the shining golden eyes, the smile on her lips. I feel my chest tighten as I can now smell the shampoo she always used on her fur wafting by on the breeze. It is her. How? Mishra? I am too flabbergasted to get any more out before she floats down from her perch on the balcony to stand in front of me. She reaches up and moves the strands of hair out of my eyes and back around my ear like she always did. Back then, she called it grooming, but this feels much more personal. A shiver runs up my back at her touch. The soft fur tickles my forehead slightly and makes me tremble. How is this possible? You... Died? I nod. I am not the same Mishra that you knew. I... Rather, she was cloned sometime before she... before she died. This close, I can easily see in her eyes the pain she feels for my loss as she says this. I... I have all of her memories and experiences up until that point. For a while, I thought I was her. I... I can't seem to find the words to say. Mishra smiles reassuringly at me, the way she always used to do. But I was given more powers. She holds up her hand, and a whirl of air slowly circles around us. Tears begin forming in my eyes as my brain finally starts processing everything she is saying. I tried to live my own life after accepting that her life was not mine. But I was still missing something in my life. Someone in my life. Amy, I still feel how she felt and if- I cut her off as I throw my arms around her neck and kiss her deeply. Her body tenses against mine for a moment, but then melts into the kiss. I pull back, holding her beautiful face in my hands 
running my thumbs along her jawline as I gaze into her eyes, tears streaming from mine. I then can only muster a whisper. I, I love you too, Mishra. I have for years. I, I never... I never had a chance to tell you. I look down for a moment. God, it feels good to feel her against me. I shiver slightly at the thought and look back up into her eyes. No. I never had the courage to tell you. Mishra seems to tremble as well as she places her forehead against mine, closing her eyes and taking in a deep breath through her nose. I felt the same way, Amy. You are a remarkable person. Where I am from, for us to be together would have been a... How do you say? A, 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 a slam dunk. I giggle slightly as I keep my arms wrapped around her neck, closing my eyes as well. It took me a while to find you, and I didn't know what to expect. But I do know one thing. My life without you is no life at all. She pulls away slightly, and I smile as I gaze into her eyes. I have researched many of Earth's customs, and I wanted to do this your way. With a twist of my own. Her hand makes a twirling motion, and a mini tornado seems to float down near us, and then holds steadily off to her side. I am so entranced by the spiraling winds... I almost don't notice the small box that the winds appear to be holding up. Mishra then takes my hands in hers and kneels down before me. The ring box floats to her hand and opens up to reveal a beautiful diamond ring. Amy, you are what completes me. I would be filled with the highest of honors higher than that of the greatest warriors of Filinar Prime, if you would become my Ferax Tuana, my, my life mate. Mishra is looking up at me with shimmering eyes, and I can see tears beginning to well up in them. My heart skips a beat as I catch my breath. My sad tears are instantly overtaken by happy ones, as I understand what she just asked me. Mishra, yes! I am barely able to speak. The lump in my throat feels so very filled with emotions. You will? Yes. Without hesitation, yes. You... You are who I have always chosen, and will always choose. I barely notice as she places the ring onto my shaking finger. I thought I had lost you forever, and I didn't know how I was going to recover, and... This time, she cuts me off with a kiss. After a long moment, we part. Finally... I chuckle as I run my left hand over her cheek, seeing the ring sparkle in the daylight as I look into her eyes. <laughs> Finally.
Amy was played by Megan Charlo. Denise was played by Beth Crane. Mishra was played by Angela Kraft. Voice work for the phone and train computer voices was done by Re. Thank you to my actors so much. You really helped bring this project to life. Writing, editing, and sound design were done by me, Ryan Bolter. Sound effects were used with a Creative Commons license from freesounds.org. Music in the intro is Windswept by Kevin McLeod and can be found on his site, incompetech.com. If you would like to support Side Heroes or my work, head on over to patreon.com slash ryanbolter to see what projects I am currently working on. Thank you so much for listening. 